All right, folks, it's time for Passing Period, which is an all-of-the-above podcast extra, which we drop in between full episodes. I am Manuel Rustin, your favorite teacher's favorite teacher. I'm a high school history teacher. And um, Passing Period is a time for us to take a look at a story that maybe didn't make it into our full episodes. And today's story is one that has been talked about from a few different outlets, and we thought we'd take some time today to unpack uh, what's going on here because it's it's really, really big in terms of the uh, future of our teaching profession. So, Jeff, um, what's the story? Well, Manuel, um, I, this one is, is really fascinating and concerning. Uh, so uh, we have a recent article appearing um, in... Uh, Education Week that was citing a big study released um, by the Center for American Progress. So the Education Week article um, was written by Madeline Will, and the Center for American Progress uh, piece was written by Lisette uh, Partolo. And uh, what they're talking about is just some some disturbing national data that's just come out about the declining enrollment of folks in teacher preparation programs across the country. Now, uh, if you've listened to all the above before, you've probably heard us comment on teacher shortages in various individual states around the country. And you've heard us make like passing reference to a national teacher shortage. Um, but uh, this, this new data is pretty shocking and I think raises some big questions for us about what is exactly happening and what we're going to do about it. So uh, the, the big picture data that's cited um, tells us that over the last roughly a decade, so in the period from 2010 to 2018, the Center for American Progress study found that uh, enrollment rates in teacher education programs across the country have declined by about one third. Right. So, so one out of every three seats in those uh, graduate school <laughs> classrooms is now empty. And uh, and that lest you lest you think, well, maybe there's just fewer people entering, but the number of teachers is still the same. The completion percentage uh, of folks actually finishing those programs declined by about 28 percent. So we're, we are just producing far fewer teachers uh, out of our teacher prep programs than we used to produce. Um, the the declines were also roughly mirrored across uh, racial groups. Um, so, uh, you know, significant declines in uh, Latinx and African-American uh, folks graduating uh, from teacher prep programs, even larger declines in uh, our Native American uh, candidates finishing those programs um, and steep declines in men uh, finishing teacher prep programs as well. So um, the reality is all of the graphs, all of the trends are, <laughs> are going in the, the, wrong in direction. the downward direction. Yeah. 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 Um, and this is happening at the same time as in most states, uh, as when in most states across the country, there are declining uh, or excuse me, there are teacher shortages. Right? right. So we are looking to hire folks and we are producing fewer folks. Um, so, you know, I think in most contexts, one would look at this data set and be like, oh, snap, there's a huge problem. Like, what are we going to do? And yet we are seeing, hearing relatively little, certainly at the, you know, kind of state and national level that would indicate policymakers think we are entering some phase of crisis here. So, Manuel, yeah. uh, what are you thinking? Yeah, that's wild. Um, I'm looking at the data for Oklahoma in particular. So, of course, Oklahoma had that big statewide strike 
um, about a year ago, and a lot of people from that strike covered in the media learned of how dire the school yeah. conditions were in Oklahoma. I mean, teachers were posting pictures of their textbooks falling apart and, and all kinds of craziness. And uh, Oklahoma's teacher prep program saw an 80% drop. 80, that's like giant. Yeah. That's giant. So, I mean, myself as a classroom teacher, I got pink slipped three times in the span of four years. And I remember thinking, so that was as a outcome of the Great Recession and, and school districts across the country were laying people off left and right, slashing budgets. And I, I kind of think about my students that I had in that time, because those are the ones who, you know, age-wise would be within this, this realm of folks entering the profession if that's what they chose to do. And, and what would, what, like, why would somebody who experienced that, who experienced teachers that they cared about getting laid off or uh, fighting for their jobs, why would someone who experienced that want to go into the profession in the first place? And some of the, some of the possible, possible theories for the decline in numbers are you know something that has always been the case so you know obviously teacher compensation obviously teachers need to be compensated more but i mean you probably could have said that back in the 90s although you know statistically speaking the gap between uh what teachers make and what folks of of comparable level of education make has grown some since then but um but really i i don't, I don't know I, I wonder how much of this is due to the the impact of the great recession that was the most impactful time for my teaching career uh, and you know i wouldn't I wouldn't expect students who experienced it from the student perspective to want to grow up to be in that situation. Part of me wonders how much of this is just the, the increasing amount of so-called accountab accountability for teachers and the, I guess, outcome of the No Child Left Behind era and now Common Core era, uh, depending on your state, and all the requirements that are there to be a teacher. And then once you're a teacher, all the pressure on test scores, test scores, test scores. I mean, I imagine that's been there for a long time, but never like it was in the early 2000s and the 2010s when uh, this data is from. So I can imagine it's a little bit of all that. It's very scary because obviously we are here speaking about this. And if you're listening uh, to this episode, you're listening because you care about education. You care very deeply about the state of our schools and the um, education that's being provided to our, to our young ones, to the next generation. So this is a scary in that sense because obviously there's going to have to be some sort of struggle to fill spots eventually and you never want to have to struggle to fill a spot because that means you're filling it probably with a less than ideal candidate so so yeah it's, i don't know it's not good yeah <laughs> very no, bad it is it's definitely not good and i think um i have a few theories about what may be going on um you know, what's what's interesting about this story is a lot of the stuff that people say, uh, and I think that you also just mentioned, um, that relates to like what makes the, the conditions of being a teacher perhaps more challenging today than maybe ever uh, in the history of the profession, um, certainly would explain why people would leave the profession. Yeah. I find it perhaps a little less compelling that that all explains why fewer people enter the profession, right? Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people enter professions, and frankly, you're not 
necessarily all that informed on like what yeah. it really means right um like you know you go into law because you want to be a lawyer and you have in your head these like law and order hollywood right. ideas of what that means not realizing that like 80 percent of the job is like reading and paperwork you right know? Uh, and, and like the courtroom is not actually a dramatic uh exchange of you can't handle the truth <laughs> you know like that, that that's not actually what being a lawyer lawyer is right um and so so maybe that's the case but i feel like people perhaps enter professions more around the kind of like ideals and luster of what they hope and want to do with their life right, right. Um, particularly around something like teaching and so it's deeply concerning to me that people with with that you know kind of um a profession that's driven by like a calling and a sense of wanting to contribute to the community and that kind of stuff would see these declines, you know, are people feeling like that's not what teaching represents anymore? Are people feeling like, uh, that's not possible given, you know, the conditions and constraints around right. schools? Have we just simply eroded public trust in education with the kind of Betsy DeVosian, uh, you know, type of, uh, just, flat out undermining of public schools cut budgets blame the schools cut budgets more blame the schools more you know right. build charters instead type of a thing um whichever of those kind of things or whether it's something else that is correct i think what we're not seeing right now is the type of like you know five alarm fire response that we should hope and expect to see from from policymakers around this because the reality is like, yes, we have some demographic changes in our country. People are having fewer kids today than before. Um, and so perhaps there is declining demand for teachers relative to what it used to be, mm. but certainly not at the levels, you know, we don't have 33% fewer kids, uh, you know, all of a sudden right. than we had last year, right? And so, uh, you know, I'm I am hoping that we will see some response from our public officials that really gets to like investing in teaching as a profession. And I think uh, I I don't know of a time when I have felt like we have really done that well from a policy perspective. Right. right. Um, the, the big policies that have been interesting and impactful that we've seen in our career, I think, have been almost by definition, either just accountability driven sorts of things like your no child left behind race to the top, right. common core kind of stuff, or they've been, uh, bandaid solutions, right? They've been, uh, the, the New York city teaching fellows when I was there or teach for America or, you know, these things that are like, Hey, right. we're going to like come up with a great band aid to fix the system. And I'm not saying it's Teach for America's responsibility to to therefore fix policy at the state level, but mm. um, we certainly have not seen like a deep investment in the in the profession of teaching and in the public school as a valued institution in the way that we should. And maybe this is maybe this is like the canary in the mine shaft telling us that like mm. people see that, and right. so they don't even want to come into the profession like they used to. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot there. I think that's definitely an aspect of this because again like when you see what teachers are going even with the the teacher strikes so so yeah in a lot of cases these states that have experienced these uh declines in enrollment in teacher prep programs 
in a lot of cases, teachers, you know, because of their strikes, because of activism, now have contracts where they are compensated more and where schools are being pr provided with uh, more at something closer to more adequate resources. But like seeing this and seeing what teachers are having to fight for and scrap for, yeah, why would that be attractive to somebody who is, you know, really planning out their whole future? I also wonder how much of this has to do with just the ballooning cost of um, getting a college degree. So thinking about ballooning student debt and thinking about how much is being spent on uh, college education, I think that age old question of like, you know, spending all that money on college just, just so-called just to become a teacher. I think that age old question has taken on more relevance than ever, ever before. And one, there's several organizations out there working hard to push policy to uh, recruit more teachers. And one that's particularly trying to push policy to recruit more teachers of color is uh, Ed Trust West. And in some of their uh, materials that they are currently sharing to help in this cause of recruiting more teachers of color, uh, one thing that they call for is to invest in multiple paths to the teaching profession and provide ongoing support to ensure retention because data shows that black and brown college students carry more student loan debt than um, than others and that being the case especially if you're trying to recruit teachers of color you're dealing with folks who are more likely to have just tremendous student loan debt and a teaching job that pays you know whatever amount a year just isn't going to be attractive to somebody who is uh, burdened by the student loan debt so having other paths towards the teacher profession that aren't as expensive as getting your classic four-year liberal arts degree and then going on to teacher prep program after that and paying money for that and then finally getting into a classroom once you pass all these hoops and hurdles uh, maybe that needs to be be thought of differently given this reality i don't know yeah uh, you know, I, I do think that that also probably plays a, a big factor in things. And I, I think in a lot of ways that is uh, that's very connected, uh, in my mind at least, to this idea of like how we value the profession, right? Um, and so on the, on the sort of uh, one side, we have low wages for teachers, right. right, that are just inexcusable. And I know that's not uniformly true in every state and every jurisdiction, but in far too many places, right. we have either a teaching force that can't afford to live in the local area where they teach because they can't afford homes and, you know, stable life uh, in those contexts, or a, a situation where... Um, you know, it, like on the rural end of things where like people, um, you know, can't make a life for themselves in that context. And so they have a dearth of, of people willing to go there and, and teach. Right. And so, you know, that's one side of the, the equation. And then we have the student loan, uh, you know, side that you're naming. And I think to me that just reflects like what are we saying about the institution of public school and about the profession of teaching when we are neither making it affordable to earn the credential, when we are setting up the, the process of earning the credential in a way that we all know is inadequate, right, with these rushed one-year, you know, kind of programs, right, instead of the, like, multi-year, you know, deeper learning that should be happening in teacher preparation program uh, and programs, but that universities can't do because they can't have students take on even more debt by making the programs two or three years long, right? right? Um, and then when you graduate, we're paying you crap. Yeah. Um, and then when when teachers strike and people are like, yeah, teachers should get paid more because everybody wants to feel good in their hearts saying that, right. when it comes time to vote to actually 
and oh, add yeah. to that, just like we saw here in, in Los Angeles uh, this past year yeah. um, with Measure EE, right, which was a commercial property tax bill um, that didn't even come anywhere close to passing, right? Right. Um, because people just did not turn out to support it. Now, there's lots of, you know, maybe there was strategy problems with that and this and that, right? But, like, people have not been willing to put their money where their mouth is in our country around supporting public education. And that, that goes K-12, that goes to universities, right? Yeah. Like, we have been cutting budgets and not keeping pace with expenses for decades now. And, uh, you know... It's it's disheartening. It is. It is. <laughs> like, and not just as an educator, right? But it's like someone who cares about democracy. It's someone who cares about right. community, right? Uh, these are our core institutions and communities, and we are just slowly gutting them, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I I don't know. I don't I don't get it. I don't understand why. Yeah, this actually takes me back to, I, I don't know if you know this, Jeff, but um, we are almost exactly on the two-year anniversary of us first starting this show. That's right. And I'm looking at our website. We did a thing early on, um, which we do less often now, but um, you know, maybe we'll get back to it some more. As far as video extras, we would do these things called All the Above Shorts, where we would spend really just... Um, really like three or four minutes on a particular news story and two of the first all of the above shorts that we did which we uh posted to youtube and to facebook were one about the um a colorado superintendent this was a story out of chalkbeat who was speaking about lifting the prestige of the teaching profession and that superintendent specifically was talking about uh, this idea that maybe there's a shortage of folks entering the profession because it's just not seen as a profession that carries any prestige with it. And we talked about that two years ago. At the same time, there was a story in NEA Today by John Rosales, and he was he interviewed teachers who work second jobs. The article was called Moonlighting, and he uh, profiled teachers who uh, work during the day and then leave their school campus and go on to a second job. And that was Two years ago, we were talking about the prestige and the pay and both of them being looked at as possible reasons for a shortage in teacher prep programs and a looming shortage in the teaching profession. So it's one of those like, damn, like we're here we are two years later and it still feels like it doesn't get spoken about enough, especially from uh, folks who have the power to go out there and do something big about it. And by that, I mean, obviously, our uh, policymakers uh, across the board. And it's just, uh, it's really, really scary to me. Yeah. Yeah, I do wonder, like, what is the consequence of this going to be? And I think in the short run, it's probably going to lead to, like, mass hiring of people on emergency credentials or whatever yeah. version of emergency credentials manifests itself in various jurisdictions around the country or right? just more online classes and uh you know amazon coming to uh, save the day and offer more online credit attainment classes for students that's where i hope it does not go because i know as far as summer school teaching goes around districts that i'm familiar with you see fewer and fewer summer school teachers more and more kids staring at screens to get their credits in various classes so to me the emergency credential part is negative and bad um, to me, the other possible negative alternative or outcome of this would be more reliance on online learning to where one adult can manage 60, 100 kids taking all the different courses. So 
yeah, nice uplifting passing period for this I week. Know, right? I know, right? Man, it's a holiday season. And it is. You know, it is. It is. I, you know, I, I hope, though, that in the, um, in the coming year, as we are, as many people in this country are thinking very differently about engagement in the political process, perhaps, than they yeah. have in recent history, uh, maybe one of the benefits we might see is some greater public will and public interest in uh in investing in public schools as as a foundational institution of our society and of democracy um and so you know as we're as we're talking about impeachment and you know obstruction and all this kind of stuff i think uh hopefully we're not going to lose sight of the fact that like we also need an educated citizenry that can challenge yeah. the people who uh, who are supposed to be representing us with some yeah. measure of integrity. And the surest way we can get to a, you know, a, an ignorant populace that just goes along <laughs> with whatever it's told is by them go, being poorly educated. Politics. I know, yes, um, but I think this is this is very real. This is very real, and so. Uh, it's it's quite a time we live in to be both facing fascist impulses in our government and uh, and a public school system that's um, you know in in some crisis right yeah so man Jeff it's the holiday season and this is all a big bummer and it's winter break congrats yeah. shout out to all of you currently on winter break now get the the rest that you deserve we hope no matter what you do during winter break you are enjoying it and enjoying your time. Uh, Jeff, what do you have planned? Well, so I'm going to be doing some traveling. I'm going home uh, to Minnesota uh, where I grew Burr. up. Burr is right. It's going to be cold. It's going to be snowy. It's going to be actual Christmas, unlike whatever <laughs> whatever fakeness we have out Man, here in give Southern me a California. Nice, a nice 70 degree <laughs> Christmas morning. Lights on palm trees and stuff. There's well, no I mean, real Christmas in Southern California. It's <laughs> we do do that. Fake Christmas, correct. man. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be great. I'm going to get about 10 days of actual time off. Not going to be working for a change, which is great. Nice. And uh, get to see my family. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be wonderful, man. I can see my, my good network of friends who are still there. So all my, all my people in Minnesota, uh, shout out to all them. And I am so looking forward to coming home and seeing you. And uh, then, of course, when I return here in January... I will also be looking forward to sitting on my my little balcony uh, in the <laughs> seventy degree weather without a winter jacket on and without having to you know scrape the frost off the car windshield uh, when huh, I, when I go to drive somewhere. So dope. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. And what I'm about you? What, what do you got? Hanging doing? back, man. I'm One back. thing about our school calendar, it used to be that the semester didn't end until january for us so uh -huh. sometimes unfortunately winter break you couldn't fully enjoy it because there's still things to grade and all that it was just all that but you know our, our calendar has shifted some so the semester is over yeah. done with nice. no grading nice. even if i wanted to grade there's yeah. nothing for me yeah. to grade chilling. so super chilling yes. um so yeah just gonna relax uh go down to cabo with the wife for a couple uh, days okay. and um yeah, just uh, chill, man. I've been watching DuckTales big time lately since it's on Disney+. Plus. DuckTales really? is where uh, most man. of my, my historical <laughs> and geographic education has come oh, from because that, was that show, show was so dope. So dope. 
DuckTales. So, yeah. Gonna hit some more of that. Yeah, you know what need, I'm saying? Where's the auto-tune button on this um, thing? Yeah. Oh, we need heavy auto-tune. Uh, we apologize uh, for anybody uh, listening to that. We apologize for any damage we might have done to your ears or uh, to your earbuds. But, uh, but yeah, that's that. So, um, in any case, that's about it for, for this week's passing period. And again, we want to thank uh, Min Jung Pei, who was on our previous uh, full episode. So definitely check that out if you haven't already. We'll be back next week with a um, an episode to uh, to close out our our 2019. And uh, yes, if you're new to our show, definitely you want to uh, check out our episode uh, next week because we're going to be taking a look back at the many guests that we had. Uh, on the show over 2019 and some of the discussions that we've had. So it'll be a really good primer for those of you who might be new to all of the above. But yeah. even if you have been with us for every episode, uh, take that journey with us, looking back at some of the uh, important discussions that we've had. Yeah, our favorites for 2019. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. All right, folks, that about does it for this week's passing period. So uh, I would say get to class like I normally do for passing period, but uh, it's this, break. This is where the principal gets all the PA system and says, <laughs> there are no after-school activities <laughs> after today. <laughs> the building will be closed at 3.45 p.m., oh, man, a true which principal. is a nice way of saying, get your butt home because we are uh, tired of doing this work and we're going on vacation and indeed. practice and all that will happen some other time. Let's spoken go. like a true principal. <laughs> I man. have made that announcement before with joy and uh, pleasure in my heart. <laughs> I love it. All right, folks, we'll check you next week. Yeah.